Turn your Bibles with me this morning to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Ninth in our installment, if you can believe it, on the signs of the time and the end of the age. I was hoping to finish this Sunday, but I think after Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to do one more and I'm going to entitle it, The Things I Forgot to Tell You. Because <laughs> that was every sermon I'd get in the car, I would get home, I'd go, oh, Kelly, this was the most important thing. So it's going to be a, a, an army of words marching, searching for an idea, but it's going to be really good. So, Lord willing, anyway. If you're there, say amen, 2 Thessalonians 2. Three of, anybody else there? Y'all here? Okay. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together under him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he, imitating as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself to be uh, supposedly God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know that which withholdeth or restraineth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity, of iniquity is already at work. Only the one who now letteth, or means hold back, holds down or holds back, will be removed out of the way. And then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they may be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. And may I just read this to you in your hearing. It wasn't, I didn't give it to the crew in time. In Hebrews 3. Wherefore the Holy Spirit says, Today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. And I was grieved with that generation, and I said, they're always committing error in their heart, and they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath that they will not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren. The Bible does not call unbelievers brethren. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort, encourage one another every day while it's called today, lest any one of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if, if we hold the confidence of our faith steadfast unto the end. That Greek word if means conditional, perchance, dependent upon. I want to speak to you this morning by the grace of God. Remain standing for just a moment. I want to pray on the, the great falling away. The one prophesied of in the Bible, the ingredients of which, imagine a bowl of soup that's cooking. 
It's soup and it's cooking, but it's not yet ready to be served. The great falling away will not come into its fullness until after the rapture of the church and the man of sin is revealed. But don't deceive yourself. It's on the stove right now. And you can smell it through all of the local churches throughout the West and in other parts of the world. A falling away. Now, I am eternally secure. But the proponents of unconditional eternal security will tell you that you can't fall away. Well, to fall away means I had to be connected before. If I'm made a partaker of Christ, if would imply that there's an if not. I am eternally secure because I know that I have a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for my sins and my life, and I abide there. I'm eternally secure. But if you can't fall away, then why the warning? If I can't be shipwrecked, why does he speak to me in the scripture about be careful that your faith be not shipwrecked? If you can't be a castaway, why would the Apostle Paul pray that I wouldn't be a castaway? And Jude says it the clearest. It says, these are twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Dead in sin, alive unto God, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. For if we continue in sin, after we've received uh, the, the, the life of God, we've partaken of the Holy Ghost... If we, by continue, I don't mean fall. I mean continue. Set a pattern and say, I will live like I want to. The Bible says we tread underfoot the blood of the Son of God and there remaineth no more sacrifice for our sins. It's happening. It's happening now. And it's happening in some of us. And my prayer this morning is that when we go home today, we are dead center in the person, the presence and the word of God Almighty, unmovable. And if we are there, we are eternal, eternally secure. So pray for me as I pray for myself this morning. Father, in this series, there's been one sobering message after the other. And I pray that the hearts of your people and myself would not be discouraged because there are seasons for encouragement and there are seasons for meat for men. And we're in the last, I believe, moments, Lord, before all things come to an end. I do, I do. I believe I'll see it with my eyes. And I pray, O oh Lord, that this falling away that will happen will not happen to us. We pray that we be counted worthy to escape the great and terrible day of the Lord. Sober us, O oh Lord. Sober us, O oh God. And Lord, I know this is a, a silly illustration, but it just come in my heart. Back in my days before I knew you and how... When someone was really, really drunk, we'd, you'd throw them in the shower to try to wake them up. Lord, I pray you throw us in your shower. Turn the water on full blast. Open our eyes. Peel the scales back so that we'll know who we are. So we'll know where we are. God, that we'll be in you solidly and solely. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. In the Thessalonian church, there was word coming to the believers that they were in the middle of the tribulation because of the persecution they were experiencing. It has been speculated that some said that Paul was saying they were in the tribulation and others said that he had wrote a letter concerning them. 
When you read the day of Christ, the day of the Lord, you need to understand that that is a seven-year period, a day, a season. We're in the day of grace, the day of the church. It's a, it's a season. It's a stretch of time. The tribulation period begins, begins with the Antichrist signing a covenant, creating a covenant with, with many, with Israel and many. He comes on the scene as a geopolitical figure, and from that moment till the second coming is a seven-year period. The first three and a half years is the tribulation. That's the wrath of men. That's when the great falling away takes place because the rapture of the church has happened. This is your pastor's belief. and Many great theologians are on both sides, but it said, He that restraineth now will be taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit is not taken from the earth because the Bible says that there will be people getting saved all through the tribulation. But imagine the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it's imperative that I leave so the Holy Spirit can come. Well, wasn't the Holy Spirit in the earth before? Empowering David, empowering Samson, empowering Deborah. Wasn't he giving wisdom to Solomon? What it means is the Holy Spirit active in the life and hearts of believers. So there's an army, a multitude of voices standing for God. Salt in the world. Light in the world. And the force of the church, the, the force of the Holy Spirit in the church holding back the evil. And when that is taken away, then the great falling away will happen. And men will fall away not only from God, but everything associated with God. The name of God, the people of God, the land of God, the memory of God. It will be a global falling away from the Lord. And Paul was telling them, you, you could not be in the day of the Lord because you're still here. He talked about, uh, about our gathering, being gathered together unto the Lord. And you can attach that verse with the one afterward and said, because you, you can't be in the day of the Lord because... The Antichrist will have to be revealed, and he's not going to be revealed till the restrainer is taken out of the way. The falling away is happening now in the church, everywhere. I've been preaching. I know it looks longer. If you look at my, my head, it looks longer. Uh, white hair is 30 years. But it's exponential now. There's always been lukewarmness. There's always been coldness, callousness need for revival but the falling away from the person of God the presence of God the words of God the spirit of God is so rampant and there's so many avenues of media and information that you can't tell what from what and the dilution of all that is truth the falling away has begun and it's accelerating Toward the unhindered, unopposed, global hatred and persecution of God, his people, and anything or anyone connected to him. That's the wrath of man. That's the wrath of man that will happen in the tribulation. It is happening today all around us. You can see it in their faces. And I'm talking about people that come to church. You can hear it in their voices. You can watch it in their lifestyle. You can see it in their friends. And you can see it in their eyes. And don't take this as a judgmental message. Take it as a warning. It's a strong current. The soup is being made now. The vacuum is pulling now. And we are made partakers of Christ if 
We hold the confidence of our faith steadfast in the end. You are not responsible for the keeping of your soul. You are responsible for continuing in Jesus. Continuing in him. And your anchor holds what? Within? Okay. So a, earth, a, a cruise liner anchors in the bottom of the ocean. Where is Christ now? Seated at the right hand of the Father. Our anchor is in heaven. Behind the veil. I picture that claw, that sea claw anchor or that hook thrown up and wrapped around the legs of the throne of God. And as long as we hold on to this, that's all, we just remain. Our anchor will hold. It's happening all around us. Christians are withering because they have no root. I see the shipwrecks of others' faith. Some like Demas, having loved this present world, have forsaken God. Others left the Father's house to live free and unhindered. Some have been tricked. Some were exhausted. Others forsook the assembling of themselves together. And, and if there is no repentance, they find themselves like those in Jude I spoke about, twice dead. The falling away is happening, but it doesn't have to happen to you. Number one, the falling away. What does it look like so we can be on guard? It's falling away from the person of Jesus Christ. The person of Jesus Christ. Churches will be filled before the rapture and they will be filled after the rapture. Going to church does not make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a Big Mac. Attendance doesn't change you. But a falling away from the person of Jesus Christ. They're attached to Jesus, but it's a different Jesus. Falling away from the revealed person of Jesus Christ. Not a diluted Jesus. Not a rewritten Jesus. Not a modern Jesus. Not a contemporary Jesus. A Jesus of the Bible. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he said, many will come in the last days saying that I am Christ. That's twofold. And you know, the Bible can speak to more than one thing at one time. Do you know that? Have you ever been in the church, in the church service, and the pastor's preaching over here, but God's telling you something over here? The Holy Spirit's doing two things at one time. There'll be many that claim to be Christ, false prophets. And there are many false prophets that will claim that he is Christ. Well, Pastor John, I'm not sure I understand. Let me give you an example. Paul was preaching. He was preaching the gospel message all throughout the world and in one specific area a demon-possessed woman who by the way didn't look demon-possessed she hadn't seen the Hollywood films and saw what demon possession looks like that's just one expression demon-possessed people wear coats and ties that's why I didn't wear a tie today demon-possessed people dress nice shower have hygiene uh, it shows up in the works Planned Parenthood demonic okay if it, if it destroys life, if it steals life, if it kills life. And this woman was following behind Paul, looked right, acted right, and she said, and you tell me what's wrong with this uh, uh, endorsement. She said, listen to him. Listen to them. They preach unto you the way of salvation. And Paul turned on his heels and he said, he said, come out of her, you unclean spirit. And the spirit, the evil spirit, left her. And he continued on about his way. What was that all about? I'll tell you. 
She wanted to be in the sight of all of these people, connected to him in, with familiarity, because I believe that, you believe that. So when Paul left, she would continue her witchcraft and her divination through association and talk, oh yeah, we believe in Jesus. And Paul saw in the spirit what was going on and what she said was correct, but she wasn't correct. And you got to have discernment today. You have to know in your knower that even if the words are right, the spirit may not be right. And if it don't look like my Jesus, if it doesn't sound like my Jesus, if it doesn't feel like him, if it's not a humble Jesus, if it's not a meek Jesus, if it's not a glorious Jesus, if it's not a holy Jesus, if it's not a faithful Jesus, Jesus did not look like the world. Now, he, didn't, it was, he wasn't known by how he dressed. I'm not talking about clothes. Jesus was so common. In one place, they said, well, uh, uh, Judas said, I'll tell you how you know who he is. I'm going to kiss him in the garden so you'll know who he was. He didn't walk around holy. But he didn't look like them either. Never a man spake like this man. The way he carried himself. The confidence in which he carried himself. But the main thing about Jesus, listen, the main thing about Christ is not only that he fulfilled every scripture about himself. This is critical what I'm sharing with you. He never contradicted any of them. And this last generation, the falling away will take place as people fall away from the person of Jesus because they weren't close enough to know the difference between the Jesus Paul preached and the Jesus they're hearing on the television today. A Jesus who is not God. A Jesus who was not there from the beginning. A Jesus who is one among many. A Jesus who allows himself to be modified to fit the taste of men. A Jesus who loves too much to judge, temporally or eternally. And the Bible is filled with people falling dead in the church because they lied about an offering. The Bible is filled with Jesus having people commit to him, but he committed not to them because he knew their hearts. The Bible speaks of a Jesus when he comes in the second advent, at the end of the great tribulation, and uh, on, a, on, a, on a horse of great victory. First of all, he'll land on the Mount of Olives and split it in half, and he'll destroy them with the brightness of his coming. At the battle of Armageddon, the blood of the destroyed people will run bridle high to a horse. You understand the robe dipped in blood? It splashes up on him. The destruction and the judgment. Oh, love wins. No, truth wins. Christ wins. And it's the fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom. It's no longer a cowering fear, but it's a holy fear. And this Jesus that won't judge. This Jesus that's never been angry with you one day in his life that they preach about. He's never been angry with you. And the Bible said that God hates the wicked every day. He despises it. Not just the person, but that, that thing. I've said this now for years and years and years. And I'm going to say it again. If you ever hear from this pulpit anything that doesn't resemble the Jesus of the Bible, leave. Leave. Do not come back. 
Because the Bible says that they will, even uh, uh, ministers of Satan, actual called, anointed, elected ministers of Satan will appear as angels of light, powerful, persuasive, and they will name his name. That's what that woman did. They'll name his name, but a different one. Be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. And you don't have to be fearful when you hear something like this. All you have to do is say, Lord, keep me. Keep me. Let me know. And your little nowhere will go, ah. Christian television. You turn it on and they so-and-so Jesus. And the Bible says, ah. I just changed the channel. Well, they quoted the Bible. The devil quotes the Bible. When he tempted Jesus, he's quoting scripture from the Old Testament. Did not God say he would keep you so your foot wouldn't be dashed against a stone? Just because they quote Bible and know stories and can move you and they say Jesus. The demons coming out of the sons of Sceva, they said, Jesus, we know. They, they say the name. You have to have in this last day discernment so that you don't fall away. Still naming a name of a different God. They preach another Christ. Number two, and there's only four, by the way, we're good. Falling away from the lordship of Jesus Christ. Falling away from the lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm amazed at the people that think they have a salvation. They have Jesus as Savior, but not Jesus as Lord. As, Lord, as if he had a split personality. Can you imagine that? I, he's my Savior. He's just not my Lord. It's taught in churches. When you are saved, you got the whole Jesus. I esteem you as the one that brought me into the earth, but you're not my parent. And you go, oh, have you got some surprises coming to you? The lordship of Jesus. Falling away from the Jesus that owns you. Purchased you. You were not purchased with, the blood, uh, with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You are not your own. You were purchased. You weren't just adopted. You were paid for. So adoption kind of loses its, the type. It's not a perfect type because after the adopted children grow up, they're on their own. No, you're not on your own. You're purchased. He's Lord. Falling away from a Jesus whose majesty demands immediate, wholehearted, and thorough obedience. Falling away from a Jesus as, uh, as one who requires self-denial and promises suffering. I want a different Jesus that lets me do my thing, be who I am, loves me like I am. Yes, Jesus loves you like you are, but loves you too much to leave you as you are. And he says, come after me. And to come after me, the first thing you need to know about this walk is you're going to have to deny yourself, pick up your cross, which is my will for your life, and follow me. And by the way, you will suffer. But if you suffer with me, you will also reign with me. We don't hear about that. We want to hip Jesus. I'm going to preach a sermon one day. Jesus don't wear skinny jeans. <laughs> I, if you're 12 years old, you can't wear them after that. Any of you guys tried to go shopping lately? Modern fit. You know what modern fit means? <laughs> you think you're going to get in the... That's what modern fit means. It's just a... It's just a I tried on a pair the other day. They fit. I figure if I can figure out what to do with this other leg, I'll be in business. I guess. <laughs> anyway, 
falling away from the Jesus who disciplines, chastises, and scourges. Scourges. See, some of you were spanked growing up. Others were scourged. The Bible says that, that God scourges, which is the transliteration meaning flogs. Those that he loves. I don't want to discipline Jesus. I want one that's good with me and I'm good with him. Know your role, Jesus. Stay in your lane and let me do my thing. And it's, it's heresy. It's heresy. Jesus is, he's not my friend. Yes, he was the friend of sinners, but that was talking about his disposition. He's Lord. He's Lord. And you don't, uh, those that can live as they want, like they want. Now, again, when we repent, the blood of Jesus his Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And there's no more condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Don't, don't bring up what God has forgotten and buried. But those that live like hell and are not scourged, sleep is taken from them. Torment, uh, fallout, discipline. They have a different Jesus. They name the name, they come to God's house, and they sit under a false security. How else could you stand in the Lord's presence on the judgment day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not done many mighty wonderful works in your name? Have we not prophesied and done miracles? And Jesus said, I don't know who you are. They called him Lord, but Jesus didn't call them son. They had a savior, just a different one. They had a Jesus, but a different one. And we have to make sure that we are following the one that when we sin, there is immediate conviction because that's how the Lord deals with us. And if we don't humble ourselves, he begins to chastise us. And he will cause pain in this world to preserve glory in the next one. Yes, he will. They're falling away from the lordship of Jesus Christ as one to whom we will give an account. This new Jesus, we don't talk about standing before him naked, giving account for the deeds done in our body. And here's the other one they fall away from. They fall away from the Jesus Christ who has the first and final say in our life. Theirs is, their, their doctrines come alongside like this. Jesus, come bless me instead of Lord, may I follow you. They add Jesus to their life. And the real Jesus, we're added to his life. He's not our co-pilot. He's the pilot and he owns the plane. And it seems like semantics, but it's not. When you hear a sermon like, It'll work if you work it. Turn your TV off. It's not a it. It's a who. And God's word doesn't teach us how to obtain blessings. God's word teaches us how to be in union with Jesus Christ. And blessings flow from that union. The Bible is not a, a, a secret seven hidden keys to get what you want from God. Run from that. The Bible says your father already knows the thing you have need of. Don't worry about that. I'm going to supply all.
all of your needs according to my riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Just make sure you're following me for the right reasons. Number three, they're falling away from the truth of Jesus Christ. Y'all, we're going to go a little later than normal today. Is that okay? We started later. Can I have 10? I have 15, 20, 20. Can I have 30, 35? Sold to the girl with the green dog. Thank you. Falling away from the truth of Jesus Christ. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I'm just going to read through these because it's rich enough to do a series. But listen. The truth of his eternal existence. So if you don't hear this, that's a different Jesus. If this Jesus did not exist before everything. The truth of his perfect Trinitarian union. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you don't hear, know anything else about the Trinity, you find it at the baptism of Jesus. Jesus the Son was going into the water. God the Father spoke from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. God. One God in three persons. Can't explain it to you. It just is. The best I can do is like water, steam, and ice. It's not a perfect example, but that's water. In three different persons. It's a mystery. The truth of his pre-world redemptive plan that before the foundation of the earth existed, he, in the triunion of God, planned on his death to buy back those that had free will. So instead of making them robots, he made them with free will, knowing they would die, uh, sin, knowing they would die, be separated from him, and he planned to die for their sins to redeem them back. Falling from the truth of how everything in the Old Testament points to him. Falling from the truth of his fulfillment of prophecy. The truth of his sinless birth. The truth of him being all God and all man as he walked the earth. The truth of him being made sin for us and the redemptive work of the cross. The truth of his death, burial, resurrection and seat at the right hand of the Father. The truth of him being the way, not a way. Him being the truth, not a truth. Him being the life, not a life. And that no man cometh to the Father but by him. That alone will keep you, keep you from three-fourths of all of the false teaching. He is not a way. He's the only way. And if you don't come and kneel to get through that gate, that door, you cannot come to God. You cannot. I posted on a page recently this last week a member of a 10,000, a pastor of a 10,000 member church, conservative supposedly church, said the idea that no one can be saved except through Jesus is insanity. And I'm thinking, I put my lightning rod up. If I was in that church, I said, God, that ain't me. I didn't say that. I'm serious. Why doesn't God obliterate? You, you think he will. The scripture said, with the brightness of his coming, absolute destruction, obliteration of all who defame that name, who dilute that name. Say what you want about me. I'm probably worse than you say, but don't, don't, don't change his name, his person, and then present us a false Jesus. We know better. They'll fall away from the truth of his body, the church, bringing Jew and Gentile together. And there's no longer Jew, nor Greek, nor bond, nor free, all being brought together in Christ. 
the truth of the, 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 the residence of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit for power. The truth of the blessed hope, the truth of the second coming, the judgment of nations and the millennial reign, the truth that Jesus is King of kings, Lord of lords, and that every knee shall one day bow and every knee will one day confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. They're falling away from the truth and this generation knows no doctrine, they just know happy time. Like music, it's like Christianity light. Half the doctrine, half the time, Half the calories. Half the nourishment is what you mean. We have a conference. We've got 20 speakers from all over the world, and we won't be focusing on doctrine. That's, that's how they introduce it on the flyer. Well, what will you be focusing on? Worship of who? Talks of what? Beware, brethren, lest any man deceive you from the simplicity that's found in Jesus Christ. Why aren't messages centered around him? Why aren't they originating with him? Why aren't they culminating in him? Because we have itching ears and we know we can't draw crowds unless I give you what you want. Seven steps to a new you and a better life. Now. My better life isn't now. My better life is when I get home. That's when my, right now... We see through a glass darkly. Right now, we suffer and are persecuted. Right now, we're supposed to be hated of all men for his namesake. Right now, the way is difficult. But this narrow way leads to a specific destination. And we are marching to Zion, the beautiful city of Zion. And heaven is our home. And we're closer today than we've ever been. And finally, Ben, if you would come, please. Why do people fall away? Why, why do... Has anybody else ever fell back, backslid besides me? You know that sick feeling? Imagine if you pastor. You ever thought about that? You come up towards the stage, and the devil's saying, Oh, you're going to talk. You're going to preach. You, oh, oh, and the guilt. And so there's a difference between backsliding and falling away. The backslider stops it. Calls it what it is and repents of it. And the other person falls. Falling's different than this. I've never broke a bone doing this. Now you can get distance, but falling away is like a free fall. Some fall away because of the way. The narrowness, the difficulties, the comrades, the distance. How do you walk with the Lord longer than 50 years? And some just get tired and quit. Some fall away because of the relentless pressure of evil around them. Some fall away because of the love of the world and the love of money. Some because of the love of pleasure, recreational, relational, and sensual. Some fall away because of the fear of man and the need to be accepted by them. Some because of some tragedy, some crime, some loss that God could have prevented. Some because they cannot forgive themselves. Others are unwilling to give up someone or something. Some because they were deceived by Satan and he's now consumed them. Some because they've given up. And others fall away because they choose to. The only difference between falling away and fallen away 
It's time. The good news is this. Those who are in this room that are falling away from God can stop. And you can turn back to God. The window of God's grace is still open. God will not make you stay beside him. But the devil cannot keep you from turning back to him. Fallen people, listen, listen. Fallen people get up every day. Fallen people turn back every day. Fallen people are restored every day. Falling people, fallen people, they have epiphanies like the prodigal that said, here I am dying with hunger, and in my father's house, the lowliest servant has bread enough to spare. I will arise, and I will go back to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth and before your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He said, I am quitting this falling, and I'm turning back towards my father's house. Revelations 2.5, what, what God said to the church of Ephesus, he says to us today, remember from where you've fallen and repent and do the first works again. And if you don't, I'll remove your candlestick out of its place, which means the light of my presence. Don't let your light go out for nobody. I don't care who's hurt you. I don't care what's happened. I don't care what sins grabbed you. Don't let your light go out for any reason. If you, if you remember a day that you were close to the Lord, if you remember a day when you were free, like free and, and, and passionate, if you remember, you can still repent. If you can still feel, then you still have faith. If from thence, the Bible said, if from thence, what's thence? This. If you will turn unto the Lord and seek Him with all your heart, you will find Him. I close with this, and I'm going to give you an opportunity. And I would appreciate it if no one would leave unless it's just an emergency. Because this is important. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord will lift you up. So if I'm falling and fall in, what would it be like today if God stuck out his hand and said, come here, and put you back up on solid ground? It's an act of grace. This is a hard one to do. This is a hard one to do. But I'm going to ask it of you. Because if we can't do this, we sure couldn't stand persecution if our child's life was on the line. I feel like I'm falling or fallen. And this word, this was my freeing word. And I am calling on the Lord. And the moment you turn to walk to God, God runs to you. That's in the prodigal son story. With every eye open. I want to be in him. I don't care what, I don't care what you think. I want to make my calling and my election sure. I want you to come and kneel at this altar. We're not going to have anybody else pray for you today. This is you and God. I want you to come. That's just not where I'm supposed to be. That's all. It don't matter to me what you think of me. I just, I just want to be, I want to be in Him. I want to be near Him. I want to be connected to it. Lord, don't let me be deceived in this world. 
I want to be so far into you, Lord. I stick out the other end. No deception. No other Jesus. Draw me close, Lord. And I'm going to ask those in the sanctuary to participate this way. If it's in your heart and you could pray this prayer with integrity, I don't care what it takes. Keep me in you. I want you just to stand as we get ready to close this part of the service. I don't care what it takes, Lord, who I lose, what I lose, what years I forfeit, possessions, people, friends, keep me in you. voice and sing this to God. And be closer drawn to thee. So draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me One more time, that about I am thine, O Lord. Let this just echo from your heart. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be close. family would you look this way as we get ready to go home moments like these these clarity moments it's not just forgiveness it's freedom when I'm like this I ain't scared of falling you can't fall from where we stand you see what I'm saying it's when we're unsure 
if the Lord had just stood me up, would he stand me on faulty ground? No, no, I'm, I'm good. Just make sure we stay there and in him. Because we are made protectors of Christ if we hold the confidence of our faith steadfast to the end. Are you confident he is who he said he is? Then you're good. You're good. I want to encourage you. I know how busy our schedules are. I want to encourage you to Sunday nights. If I were a believer, if I were a believer, I think Sunday night all in all is more important to the one that's living right than Sunday morning. Because we're studying the word, man. Ephesians chapter 1. Who we are in him, for him. Tonight at 6 o'clock, prayer at 5 o'clock, if you can make it, I think you'll be blessed. It's one hour of your time to study God's word. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you. Thank you.